This episode of the EdSurge podcast is brought to you by the Elementary Education Program at Emporia State University. The online master's in elementary education program at Emporia State is designed for career changers interested in becoming elementary teachers. Learn more at emporia.edu grad. That's emporia.edu grad. Education these days is happening at home. Apartments and houses across the country are pretty much doubling as classrooms since so many schools and colleges are closed because of the coronavirus pandemic. So it's not unusual for classes to be taking place at a kitchen table or in a kid's bedroom or in some partially finished basement. I know in my own house, my wife and I have pulled in a spare table from the garage to use as a workspace for our five-year-old, and our eight-year-old kind of sets up his school iPad in various spots of the house throughout the day. But one family in Massachusetts really has a full house of learners. I have seven young adult children. We are now all home together except for one. That's Maureen McLaughlin. And she sent in that message in response to our call to listeners to share their stories of managing education during COVID-19. It turns out that Maureen is also a student herself. She's in an online doctoral program. So her family is really using all their house, I imagine, as classroom and study space. It's particularly interesting to watch my kids' reaction to the remote instruction um, implementation and how different each college and instructor is approaching this um, challenge. Hello and welcome to the EdSurge podcast, a weekly look at how education is changing. I'm Jeff Young, an editor here at EdSurge. We're a national publication covering the intersection of tech and education. So yeah, we've been asking for short clips um, with anecdotes of, of education in your own homes. And we still want those, by the way. So, so send them on to me at jeff at edsearch.com. But Maureen's message made me curious to hear about this, this house full of education. So I connected with her on Zoom last week. And several of her children gathered around the screen as well and took turns sharing their stories. The youngest in the house is a senior in high school. And the rest, including a set of twins, are now home from various colleges that have shut down due to the virus. Maureen is actually really watching that herself, and she describes the situation as a kind of accidental lab experiment, which makes sense since she is an educator herself, and the doctoral program that she's in, it's in higher education leadership. So how is all this remote learning going? I think what was really interesting um, when we sort of all came home and realized you know, gosh, what the reality was going to be or what the challenges were going to be. Um, you know, we focused so much on like the change and the beginning, what was going to happen. Um, we skimmed over acknowledging the endings, right? And the losses, right? So with change is beginnings, but it really starts with the endings. And I think it took us a week to, um, to understand that you know we abruptly lost our friends, or they did abruptly had to come home. Half of their stuff is still at school. Um, graduations were either going to not happen or look very different. Sports seasons cut short, um, and so that change was hard. And they really it was hard for them to just engage in any kind of normalcy or thought of remote learning or remote instruction without going through that process. So I think that was what was hard at the very beginning. Um, so I don't know if you guys want to 
chime in about that a little bit but for me I know when I came home oh, I'm Ben I'm hey ben. third youngest I'm a twin to Abby who is a freshman at Lafayette now her season got cut because of obvious circumstances but um, one thing that was different for me coming home was I was very excited to come home because I knew everyone was going to be home and I was expecting kind of more of a holiday type feel um, where everyone was just kind of doing their own thing, glad to see each other, times moving kind of as it moves. But I noticed that when I got home, time is just moving slow. We don't really have much to do. Everyone has their own agendas still. You know, everyone still sees all of their best friends' faces on their Zoom classes, but they can't be with them or make small jokes with them or even be around them doing homework. And just, you know, that feeling alone is different. Um, so I guess for me, it was kind of just like the individuality of it. Everyone was just off doing their own thing. And I thought it was going to be more what I was familiar with in terms of like, everyone coming home for Thanksgiving or for Christmas and you know but it's it's not a holiday it's actually really really tragic why we're all home which is kind of hard for me to realize honestly and where are you coming home from sorry just to make sure I <laughs> I'm um I'm a postgrad or I sorry I guess I still am yeah. uh a postgraduate student at Northfield Mount Hermon out okay. in Massachusetts um and then I was out in Colorado skiing with some of my friends when we got the news that we weren't going to be going back so yeah it was on spring break yeah so I just decided United was giving me a free uh <laughs> fee to change my flight so I was like might as well just see them for four or five more days because I'm not gonna be able to see them for the next three months hmm. so yeah it was unfortunate yeah. I mean it one um unexpected positive that I did want to share um was just sort of watching the like the develop development of a new kind of relationship between my kids and their faculty or their instructors and what i mean by that is um i saw this play out because both instructor and student or kid were going through this process together of learning how to learn in this environment and learning how to instruct in this environment and it was, um, you know, the teachers or faculty were just as new to this, if not more so than the students. And, um, you know, I watched them like experience that newness together, something that doesn't really often happen and kind of put everybody in the same boat. And one funny thing I watched, or one sort of humbling thing, was watching my daughter Abby interact with her professor, her math professor, who was probably 70-something years old. And, you know, she doesn't know where to look on the screen, and her face here, sorry, but her face is up like this. And, and, it, and it was, you know, it, it was cute, but also it just, it kind of just leveled that power structure then exists or or lessen the power structure then it can exist between faculty or an instructor excuse me an instructor and a student and i think that is something to pay attention to going forward that partnership that can be established as opposed to a hierarchical relationship and 
I mean, Abby even found, she even had her, one of her professors called her because he couldn't figure out how to send a zip file to the class. And that doesn't happen, um, you know, in, in sort of traditional settings. And I think that, I do think it's something to pay attention to going forward, is the, the, the opportunities that this is providing for changing that relationship into more of a partnership. And we know when that happens, you know, maybe you can in fact improve, you know, interest and student engagement and advocacy or agency, in fact. And um, all of that has, you know, some research behind it in terms of having positive outcomes for, for a whole campus community. So I thought that was a, an interesting um, observation. After the break, how this coronavirus is giving new resonance to that age-old question, do we really need to learn this? Stay with us. Do you know someone interested in becoming an elementary teacher? Emporia State University's 33-credit-hour elementary education master's program allows individuals to do just that, regardless of their background of study. The coursework is available online, and the clinical classroom experience can be completed at a placement near you, allowing you to earn a master's degree without changing locations. In as little as two years, Emporia students will not only have a master's degree, but they will also be eligible for an elementary education teaching license, depending on their home state's requirements. Send your paras, stay-at-home parents, subs, and anyone else who might be interested to emporia.edu slash grad to learn more. That address again is emporia.edu slash grad. Now back to the episode. I think one thing that's really hard is, um, I'm Abby, by the way. Um, I'm a freshman in college. Um, I'm someone who like, I love to learn, like naturally, like high school. I hated high school. And except for the one part about, I actually love to learn new material. So like just intrinsically, like I really like that. And I'm usually very engaged um, in the lessons and the classwork. Um, but one of the hardest things for me right now is to like, is to stay motivated and engaged. I think one thing that like, I think there's a big, there's kind of a disconnect right now because as students are at home and they're being, you know, they're overwhelmed, they're experiencing like so much confusion around like what is going on. Coronavirus has shaken up pretty much like the status quo completely. And so it's kind of like you're trying to make sense of what's going on in the world and in your world, but then you're expected to, to still read about like, I don't know, read about stuff in sociology that pertains to like, just, it seems like I'm learning. I'm, I'm, it's hard to kind of think of like, okay, so I'm reading this material and I'm like, a lot of it I can apply, which is really nice. But for a lot of people, it's, I think it's like, why am I even doing this? Like, there's a crisis going on and here we are sitting at home watching a Zoom video with a ton of other kids when we're kind of all in this state of confusion. It's like, what is the purpose? I think that's really hard for people, especially since we don't know when this will end and we don't know what things are going to look like. And so it's like, we're doing this right now because we have to, but it doesn't really seem, there seems to be a disconnect because we're not really relevant. It's not, yeah, it's not really, we're not sure how relevant it is, but also I think 
one thing that's kind of gotten glossed over throughout this transition is like just a conversation of wow this is crazy our life is completely shifting and I think it could be really beneficial if a teacher and a student were able to have that conversation together rather than simply being like okay this is how we're going to now learn and move forward I feel like kids are like whoa we still are processing and we need to process this not just like in our families at home but in our classrooms like why is this happening how are we feeling about it so I think like I don't know I think that's where I'm at with this yeah yeah that's so interesting so in other words okay sure maybe you can overcome some technical hurdles and get your logistics together and get onto a class but then like wait so we're going to go right back to doing the material we were going to do beforehand like how does that make any sense I think one thing that's nice is that some schools are bringing in this idea of like a a pass-fail optional semester. So I have that, which I think is really nice because they're acknowledging the fact that, okay, with all of this going on, like you can't really be expected to do your best work and therefore, you know, it should be in your control to make that decision, which is really nice. And I think that's a great flexible thing piece, but I think that as educators like and teachers or professors you are leaders and i think as being a leader it could be very beneficial to help i mean and and i know professors are probably so shaken up and confused too but just kind of as leaders and mentors to your students just trying to start a conversation of like I know this, or just acknowledging, I know this is crazy and I know it's probably really hard to stay engaged and just kind of like opening a conversation could be nice, I think. Um, I think a lot of kids could benefit from that. No, that's really interesting. I'm sure I bet other people will relate to that. Thanks. George, we have one one other one. I know you're probably over our time here, but. (laughs) Um, No, I'd love to hear from you. I'm George. Uh, I'm a junior at Connecticut College, um, and I'm a government major, history minor. Uh, So I think we have a good collection of people studying different things in our family. But for me, I think I have a very unique experience with coronavirus lately. So over spring spring break, I uh, went to Costa Rica, and I did some personal work, kind of like on myself, and I was very distanced from like news and technology. So coming back into a world that was so influenced by the media and what information was being portrayed was very interesting for me. And I had to be kind of cautious going back into it. Um, I'm pretty cautious in general. So I didn't have any like emotional response to seeing devastating news because I personally was distanced from it. No one I knew has gotten sick or been affected by it directly. So that's, I think that's a unique perspective that I'm like, okay, this is happening around the world, but I am yet to feel the effects. So I haven't, I haven't found it hard to adjust to online classes. Um, If I'm just speaking candidly, I find my studies pretty straightforward and I know what to expect. So for me, this period has been really nice because it has me thinking progressively in terms of a lot of people ask the question when are things going to go back to normal but I don't think for me that's not the question I'm asking I'm kind of asking how can I adjust to fit 
the world after coronavirus because I think that it's exposing a lot of issues with how we live today. Uh, and I am directly attributing that to the issue that is climate change. Uh, and for me, I just am thinking about, okay, how do we have to alter our behaviors in order to better reflect less uh, sustainable living patterns and sustainable behaviors? Because we've had to put our lives on hold to stop this virus that's wreaking havoc on the world. Um, and this is a trend that is going to be similarly followed by the effects of climate change. And I know that we all don't feel those today. Like I was saying, I don't feel the direct effects of coronavirus today. But for me, it just has me thinking forward about what do we have to do in order to change how we live to better promote more sustainable behaviors if we want to enjoy some of the things that we hold close to us. So, yeah, I mean, the common thread you kind of see is that, you know, yes, you know, math class must go on and, you know, history class must go on, but these these students, my kids, have these bigger questions now, and they'd really like some opportunities to engage in those kind of discussions and with their instructors. And, you know, I think that that's something, you know, again, worth looking at or worth paying attention to because we've, we want to keep our students engaged and we want to keep sort of this um, development of skills for critical thinking and problem solving and resiliency and these are the discussions to have when it's relevant which is right now so we're very fortunate because um we have enough devices we have a strong enough wi-fi you know that kind of thing and so but you know that's at top of mind as well as well there's so many people that don't and who are really struggling um with uh you know this new way of learning and this new way of instructional delivery so i guess i'm curious and with everybody listening to me out there and i appreciate it. so did nobody it sounds like nobody's having discussions with their online classes about about this moment is so much it sounds like people are just trying to push forward is that the experience that everybody's saying is anyone having an exception to that i mean this is a classic uh, like three minute question from your teacher that I would get before all of my lecture or classes. That's just, how is everybody doing? And it's always just life's, life's going pretty slow right now. Mm -hmm. It's just going as it goes. I, I do have, um, one professor who is my economics professor. So he's kind of looking at this as he's talking a lot about like market failures and policy failures and stuff like that. Um, and I actually, I, I really, really love this class and this professor, um, but he it's at the point where he's, he's sending us three to five emails a day, kind of going on these rants about um, the how terrible this crisis is and how terrible the response to it is. And, and so it's almost creating more anxiety around it. Um, and I, I don't mean to like bash him or anything like that, but that is the one, um, conversation that, or it's not even a conversation because the students don't have any voice in it, but it's more of him kind of putting things out to us in, uh, it can be a little bit overwhelming, but, um, yeah, that's kind of the experience. 
the only experience I've had with that so far. And so my, so if I put my student hat on, <laughs> um, so I'm in a doctoral program, um, ironically for leadership in higher education. And, um, and that is a low residency program. So it was structured or built um, uh, as an online uh, program. And so there really hasn't been any sort of adjustment there. Um, but what I have noticed is most of our discussion posts, which are sort of intended to mimic the classroom experience, are all now pointing to COVID and the implications as um, most of us are in K through 12 um, settings as either, you know, psychologists, um, special needs teachers, um, assistant principals, principals, that's sort of the, the members of our, our cohort. And this is, this is what everything is pointing back to um, in our discussions. So, so for me, there is a place to um, talk about it, but it's, you know, it's, it's asynchronous and it loses its, I don't know, um, it loses its genuine ability to engage and, and feel connected on an issue that's affecting all of us, but so differently. In other words, yeah, you're not feeling like it's the right forum to really work through the things we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So even though it was designed, right? So this program's designed to try and create that. Here's a real test with this incredibly um, serious situation that we're all dealing with. And it, it's not really serving, um, or it's not able to serve a purpose um, to engage in, in serious conversation that way. So it's interesting. I know, I think, I mean, as educators, we need the stu students to help teach us how to teach under huh. these conditions, you know? Yeah. And that, yeah. that was getting, I was getting to originally, which is that whole, this is a partnership now, and this is sort of changing the role of instructor to student. And, and it's pointing out the importance of, you know, having projects or assignments or discussions that are relevant, that are relevant to the individuals that are having them, that are relevant to the situations or the circumstances that are going on around us. And um, you know, that's like that whole student engagement where true learning happens is when we can make meaning of what we're learning. We can apply it, we can feel like we can um, perhaps take it out in the real world and make a difference or change our own behavior, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that's what these kids, my kids at least, are starving for. And even me as a student as well, so, wow. yeah. No, no I really, really, it's, it's a privilege, privilege to get to, get to talk to you all today. today. Um, certainly the world's gonna be different after this, no matter what. And it must be hard to decide if you're a student going into this world, um, it makes the questions of like, what am I going to do next that much harder, I would think. So I, 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 I hear that from this group, it sounds like. You had a tough time in your life for this to be happening. All right. Well, I think I'm going to let you go and get going. Okay. Myself. But thank you okay. again. And I appreciate I, it. Thanks for the opportunity. You're doing good big, work. Oh, thank you. And this is the largest uh, number of people I've had in any one given <laughs> all for the podcast. So this will be fun to have. You had half of us. So it would have been a. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for limiting it to not everybody because I couldn't handle yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Overwhelming. All right. Take care. I wish thank you all the best and stay healthy. All right. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. 
Thanks again to Maureen for answering the call for scenes of education in the COVID era. And please send us yours in a voice memo or, or just email me a quick note describing an unusual or challenging moment in your newly remote education. Just send it to jeff at edsearch.com. If you like the show, please subscribe to the EdSearch podcast wherever you listen and tell a friend on social media so we can help spread the word. This episode was edited and produced by me, Jeff Young. We'll be back next week with more on how education is changing. Thanks for listening.